0: Well, guys, I did tell you this was going to be a tough one, didn't I? I said it yesterday, didn't I? What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of B Shape Daily. My name is Brennan Schaefer, alongside you here on Wednesday, May 12th, as the Cardinals drop one to the Milwaukee Brewers, bringing the four-game winning streak to an end. And it was a pitching battle that the Cardinals, I said coming into it, were going to be at a bit of a disadvantage. Not because John Gant hasn't performed admirably in his role this season for St. Louis, but because Brandon Woodruff is just that good. He's a guy that's going to contend for Cy Young if another pitcher that the Cardinals are going to see on Thursday, a guy on his own team doesn't take it away from him. Woodruff, with seven and two-thirds, gives up just one run on a home run by Tyler O'Neill that gives the Cardinals a fighting chance. But that was all the offense that the Cardinals could muster all night in a 4-1 loss. And it's just one of those things where we talked about it yesterday. You have to find a way as an offense to get to Brandon Woodruff before the eighth inning if you're going to have a chance in this one. And that was kind of the premise we let in with. It wasn't technically true because, once again, Cardinals pitching finds a way to keep you in a game but that, as we saw tonight, is only going to happen so often. It's only going to last so long. You're not going to be able to sustain that kind of ask time and time again. The Cardinals had sustained it Sunday in a 2 nothing win. They sustained it yesterday with the pitching staff grinding it out just long enough for the Cardinals' offense to get to the 11th inning where they had their outburst last night. You win that game 6-1. to one. But eventually... We said you're going to have to start scoring runs, and you can't ask the pitching staff to be responsible for everything, good or bad, that happens for this team. Assuming that just one run's going to be enough, that doesn't get it done. You can't wait till the 11th inning sometimes. Sometimes you aren't given the 11th inning because the pitchers, the defense, the guys out there are human, and mistakes are going to happen. That's what ended up happening tonight. John Gant, another really good outing. What did we say yesterday? If he could go five innings and give up a run, two runs, you'd take that and keep you in the game. But the Cardinals are going to need five runs. I think I specifically said yesterday they got to score five runs if they're going to win this game. Well, guess what they lost by today? Four to one. So five would have been enough. But it's the way that the Milwaukee Brewers came about their runs tonight that is going to rub you the wrong way. It's going to make you feel like, as a Cardinals fan, one got away from the team tonight. I, for me, it's hard to get behind that because of the fact that we said it. We we kind of forecasted how this was going to go. That you had to score in order to consider this one a winnable game. And even though the Cardinals had it 1-1 to heading into the bottom of the 8th inning, it, it, the, the fact of the matter remained. You had to find another way offensively to make a push and break through. And they didn't really do it against Woodruff with the exception of the O'Neal-Homer. And then Devin Williams gets him out of that 8th inning. Ends up getting credited with the win. Not so bad if you've got Devin Williams on your fantasy team, as I do in one league. Not complaining about that friendly win designation for Devin Williams. But Brandon Woodruff, 10 strikeouts, just one walk, gave up just three hits, and only one of those hits does any damage. Tyler O'Neill, opposite field. Need to be giving him some more credit. I, I basically, I tweeted out and said he's been, I believe the phrase that I used was straight cruising since returning from the injured list on April 23rd. And that's not totally the case because, as Jeff Jones pointed out to me, he said, wasn't he like 2 for 18 on the homestand? I think it was actually 2 for 16, Jeff, so stick that in your juice box. But uh, th- the point remains that Tyler O'Neill got pretty hot when he came off the list, had a little bit of, you know, guys are going to have those 4-5 or five game stretches where uh, they don't put it all together and you you have the 2 for 16 but since then, getting off to a nice start to this road trip to kind of bookend the successes that he's had since coming off the list. I said he had a 9.06 OPS before tonight's game because I, I found that on Baseball Reference, but Baseball Reference doesn't update until the next day usually, and so you'll have to add the 1 for 3 with a home run for Tyler O'Neill to that ledger. He raises the OPS to 789, so I'm sure uh, by, by raising his OPS from where it was yesterday in like the 750 range... He's continuing to pad the numbers that he's had since coming off the injured list. Looking really good. The Joey Gallo talk. He must be a listener of the podcast. He's not. But we did talk about Joey Gallo as a potential target for the Cardinals a couple of days ago. Check out Sunday's episode. Still some interesting tidbits for sure in that episode of b Shafe Daily. Uh, but Joey Gallo, there's not going to be a need for that guy or any other outfielder for that matter if the Cardinals' current crop of outfielders continues performing the way it has. Harrison Bader actually with a nice game tonight, racking up two of the three Cardinals hits, or I'm sorry, two of the four Cardinals hits, because St. Louis did get something going, trying to get something against Josh Hader. Uh, it's it's easier said than done, but they got a hit and a walk against him in the ninth before Yadier Molina became the final victim of the night for St. Louis. Hader gets two strikeouts in the inning, 12 Cardinal strikeouts in the game that's just kind of something we figured could end up happening against Brandon Woodruff. I mean, it, it doesn't take you by too much of surprise that Woodruff was able to have success. When you when you face good pitchers, you do have to tip your cap to some extent, but it would have been nice to see the Cardinals. I said That's what I said. They're, they're playing behind the eight ball a little bit in this one. It would be a win that would really impress me. I said last night I didn't think necessarily that they'd be able to get it. That wasn't a knock on John Gantt. Uh, who, who performed well, basically did exactly what I said he ought to do. And actually, the run that he gave up was not considered an earned run. So his ERA goes down to 1.83. Uh, again, you will take that from your number five starter literally every time. Five innings, one run, whether it's earned or not. Just three hits, three walks again. He, he's known to get himself into a little bit of danger, and, and the walks are part of that. But he's, he's able to pitch around things and, and absolutely kept the Cardinals in this one. Really good outing by Genesis Cabrera. Goes two innings, pitches the 6th and the 7th with a strikeout and a walk, but doesn't give up any hits or runs. And that brings him to a 2.55 ERA for the season, continuing to look pretty solid on the mound, the lefty Henesis Cabrera. But eventually the problems arise, and really it happens in a really unfortunate way for Ryan Helsley. He was out of the innings. He gets a strikeout of Daniel Vogelbach, who is just a massive human being. Uh, The play that he made down the first baseline on that foul pop-up catch where he had to kind of crash into the sidewall felt bad for the sidewall. I mean, that guy is a train. But ends up that he was able to uh, get the the wheels in motion of that train to beat out a, a strikeout, essentially, because a high fastball gets away from Yadier Molina. I believe it was a fastball, but... It was a pitch that was a little higher, I think, than Yachty was expecting. Uh, Vogelbach still misses it, and it's a strikeout, but it goes all the way back to the backstop. Huffing and puffing goes Vogelbach down to first base, and so you extend the inning, and you've got an opportunity there. And what do we say at this level? You never want to give away outs. You certainly don't want to give your opposition extra outs, and that's what happens in that situation. Through no fault of Ryan Helsley, he ends up being the one that uh, gives up the homer And, I mean, after that, an understandably difficult situation for Ryan Helsley to try to bounce back from. You'd like to see your pitchers be able to do so, but he wasn't able to do it in this situation. A hard-hit double by Travis Shaw, followed immediately by an Avisayo Garcia home run. A mammoth blast off the bat of Garcia, and he knew it immediately when he hit it. Started pounding his chest, turning to the Brewers' dugout, and uttering something to the effect of, you know, I'm not exactly quite sure what he said. I think he said, let's put on a show or something like that. I think he was talking about Netflix recommendations for later in the night. But if you go back and watch the replay, you can see pretty clearly on his mouth what words were coming out of it, despite the fact that uh, you were just having to figure it out by lip reading. I think everybody was able to—he uh, was not saying, let's put on a show. He he was uh, inviting his teammates to go. Where they were going, well, it was a win over the Cardinals in this particular case. Bringing the Brewers back within a couple of games of St. Louis. It was a two-game lead for the Cardinals in the Central when the series began. Cardinals stretched it out to three. And you say at that point, look, if you're able to just split the next two, you can walk away from this with a three-game lead. That'd be great. Now it's up to the Cardinals in the final game of this series to be able to fulfill that idea. Because right now the Brewers just two games back of St. Louis. 20-17 for Milwaukee, 22-15 for the Cardinals. I want to talk a little bit about the, the way that the Milwaukee Brewers got their first run of the game. It happened in the 6th inning. A little bit of a weird situation for Harrison Bader where fly ball to center field. I believe he was on the warning track when he's trying to track this ball down, so it was pretty deep. But at that point in time, you had runners on 1st and 2nd, so it wasn't you know, going to be a run. They might have been able to tag from second to third. one Harrison Bader, though, he's trying to do everything in his power to make sure that Lorenzo Cain cannot do so. You remember last night it was Lorenzo Cain in center field, Harrison Bader doing a heads-up job to tag up from second to third, and now it's the exact same play in reverse. So you know that Bader was trying to be on his horse, ready to make that play, get behind the ball, and fire it into third base, if that is indeed uh, what what the play dictated. But he slips and falls before he even catches the baseball. And yes, it was a remarkably athletic play by Harrison Bader to be able to keep his eye on where the the falling object out of the sky was finding itself in relation to his body there in the outfield uh, grass slash warning track. And he's able to kind of crawl over to the ball, makes the catch, and unfortunately, everything else that happened after that, not quite as athletic as Bader tried to transfer from the glove to the hand, so he could make a throw from his knees, basically. And the ball just squirts out of his glove, onto the warning track, toward the outfield wall. Lorenzo Cain, relatively easy, scores from second base, rather than just tagging from second to third. He comes all the way around to score for the Milwaukee Brewers for their first run in the sixth inning. And so, that's why, you know, nothing that John Gantt really could have done about that. Uh, He had gotten the out, and, In reality, if you just make the catch and throw into third, even if you don't get the guy coming into third, it's two outs at that point. All you've got to do if you're John Gant, bear down on the next batter, and you're good to go. Unfortunately, it's a run that happens in that situation. So, I mean, this was a pitching battle. We said that it could be impressed for John Gant to be able to hold up his end of the bargain. Can't say enough about the job that he's been able to do. You you don't have the expectation for your number five starter to go seven, eight innings you are facing Brandon Woodruff. I do believe he was the opening day starter for the Milwaukee Brewers. And if not, arguable that he should have been. Seven and two-thirds innings, continuing to just be a total workhorse for this club. And we talked about that's why the Brewers are dangerous. Cardinals got away with one yesterday with Freddie Peralta starting. The fact that they were able to come away with that win despite him throwing an absolute gem. Giving up just one run, I believe it was. He pitched seven innings. Tonight, you weren't quite as lucky because you've got to be able to score. But when you're facing these kinds of pitchers, it's difficult. And that's why tomorrow is going to be such an interesting matchup. Jack Flaherty has been on the top of his game as of late. Corbin Burns returning from the injured list after a couple of weeks off on the COVID IL. So that's going to be a pitching matchup for the ages. The game is on YouTube on Thursday afternoon, why I'm making sure to get out this podcast on Wednesday evening, hoping that everybody gets a chance to listen to it Thursday morning ahead of that ball game tomorrow, which, again, if you're nor- normally used to watching things on Valley Sports Midwest, you're not going to be able to do that on Thursday. It's going to be on YouTube, which is good news. Everybody can access YouTube. It is free. There is nothing you have to do other than go to YouTube, type in the, the game, Cardinals, MLB Game of the Day, whatever it is. I'm going to trust all of you out there. If you're able to find my podcast, be Shave daily and subscribe, which you should be doing. Be awesome. If you did, by the way, but if you're able to do that, I think you'll be able to figure out YouTube. Uh, but if not, you know what? Send me a direct message on Twitter at be 12. I will be your official YouTube linker to make sure that you don't miss any of the action tomorrow. That's just a service out of the goodness of my heart. You know, it's just the kind of guy I am, but If you want to take a look at Jack Flaherty versus Corbin Burns tomorrow, I think it's going to be worth your time. For one, it's the rubber game of a series. And let's talk about that. Because the Cardinals, and this dates back quite a bit at this point in time, have not won a rubber game of a series all year. I believe that statistic still stands that the Cardinals have not won a rubber game this season. Against Philadelphia... They won a Game 4 of a series back at the end of April, but that only allowed them to split the series. So a three-game rubber series where you're 1-1 to going into Game 3, that has not happened yet this season where the Cardinals have successfully won that game. Against Pittsburgh, they swept them so it doesn't count. Against the Mets, they had a four-game series and lost Game 4 in order to split that series. So the Cardinals and the Rockies, they just swept them. So that still stands based on my quick math and look at the schedule. Cardinals have not won a rubber game this season. What does that mean? Well, when you look at the season as a whole, and Tony La Russa used to talk about this all the time, talking about winning series. And if you've read the the book, I believe it's called One Last Strike, which is about the 2011 Cardinals season. La Russa talks about the way this team... You know, if you remember that 2011 team, it's not like they were guaranteed to make that postseason. You know, 10 and a half games back on August 25th, I think, is the number that everybody remembers and that comes to mind. But throughout that season and throughout the book, he's talking about just winning the series. The more series you can win, 2 out of 3, 2 out of 3, the better chance you give yourself of being able to climb out of a hole. And the same is true if you're not in a hole to begin with. If you want to try to distance yourself from opponents continuing to go two out of three and winning series is a huge mark. And like, we we can look at all the newfangled stats and we can look at analytics and a lot of that is really valuable, but like, it's just interesting to hear the perspective of a guy like La who's been around this game for a long, long time says, look, yeah, all that's well and good, but if you can win two out of three, that's what I'm looking for. And however I can get to that goal and reach it, that's what I'm about. And so for the Cardinals to not have been able to win a rubber game yet this season that's talking about series that are on the line. You've got it right there to be had. You're 1-1, one one, you need to go 2-1 and one rather than 1-2. and two. And like, it's great to sweep teams, but those are the margin games that I think by the end of the season you're going to look back and say, yep, we either succeeded and we got to the postseason or we won the division or we got the home field advantage that we needed because we won these games or we didn't win enough of them and therefore we didn't get the home field we didn't get the division we didn't you know we had to settle for a wild card we didn't make the wild card whatever the case might be rubber games are critical I mean it it, it, it you don't have to make more of it than it is but it's a big deal and I think for the Cardinals to be over on the season in those games so far not a great a great omen for what you know you want to be able to do in a postseason you got to win series when you get to playoffs right now the Cardinals. They can sweep teams when they're right and high. They can dominate them. Tomorrow's going to be a really interesting test for this team. Can they win the tough, hard-fought series, the ones that are highly contested? I'm not talking about beating the Marlins or the Pirates or the Rockies. Great for the Cardinals to, to beat up on those three teams and sweep them as they've done so far this season. But what can you do when the series is contested and you've got to go out and find a way to win it? And you've got your ace on the mound tomorrow in Jack Flaherty. Corbin Burns doesn't mess around. It's not going to be any easy task. It's not going to be any easier than it was tonight against Brandon Woodruff. You've got to be locked and loaded in the batter's box. And for the Cardinals, you know, 10 strikeouts against a starter tonight, you've got to find a way to put balls in play against Burns. He's got electric stuff. Again, easier said than done. But if if you want to prove to be that team that can lock down this National League Central Division, you're going to have to do it against the Brewers, and and you're going to have to do it against their best pitchers sometimes because you're going to see them plenty of times throughout the rest of the season. I believe this is only the second series against Milwaukee so far this year, which means they should have like four more series remaining throughout the rest of this season. This is who the Brewers are. They're going to throw high-quality starters at you night after night. You're going to have to figure out a way to hit them one time or another if you're going to take this division from them. Because, look, if they beat you tomorrow, it's a, it's, suddenly the margin is one game. Look, it's May. You don't have to worry about you know where you are in the standings, necessarily. It's all going to come out in the wash by the end of the season. But if you're the Cardinals, this is a great opportunity to, to grab hold of a two-game swing and go up by three games instead of one game. These intra-division matchups, as I've talked about, going back to spring training, that's the key to the season because the National League Central was not viewed as a division that was going to be a major juggernaut. Uh, you know We've seen things not play out necessarily how we expected that they would in certain divisions. The National League East is kind of a joke right now, not as competitive top to bottom as we maybe thought it would be. Uh, the Dodgers and the Padres out West not getting off to the mega starts that we thought they might, being two teams that had the potential to win 100 games each. The Giants are surprising out West and, and giving – both those clubs are run for their money in, in, in what they've been able to do so far. So we know expectations don't always meet reality. But the Pirates, they've pretty much been the team you expected. For me, the Cubs-Reds are right around where I expected, hovering around that five hundred, little below, a little above. Probably they'll settle into to a range below, and, and maybe one of them gets to 81, 82 wins. Um, the other one finishing about 77, 78. That's kind of what I would anticipate for those two teams. Find a way to win those games. Find a way to tamp them down and make sure that they don't get any ideas in their head about being any better than they are. If you're the Cardinals and you believe you're the best team in this division, beat up on the teams within your own division and claim that crown. Take what you believe is rightfully yours. Against the Brewers, that's the key team to do it against because I do think they have enough talent to make life difficult on the Cardinals, especially if St. Louis is not able to win the head-to-head. So rubber game tomorrow, going to be a big one. We'll see how the Cardinals respond. Uh, the Cardinals' offense. I think I know how Jack Flaherty is going to respond. He's gonna he's gonna go out there and give the Cardinals a chance to win offensively. You know, not great for my fantasy team, but you gotta go get you gotta go get after Corbin Burns a little bit on Thursday afternoon on the YouTube game. I believe it's a twelve forty start time Central Time. One note before we get out of here on an injury situation: Paul DeYoung left tonight's game. The Cardinals termed it left side tightness. DeYoung is expected to get an MRI tomorrow. I believe Mike Schultz said this evening that that would occur around 11 a.m. on Thursday. So the Cardinals should know maybe more about his situation before first pitch at 1240. But you can't imagine that he's going to be in the lineup for the game tomorrow. So probably you're getting a look at Edmundo Sosa potentially unless the Cardinals like the matchup with maybe a Matt Carpenter going against Corbin Burns. I don't know off the top of my head if there's any history there. Uh, You could always put Tommy Edmund at shortstop. I think defensively the Cardinals might prefer to leave Edmund at second and just go ahead and give Edmundo Sosa a start. That's at least what they preferred without any time to make the decision tonight. You just had to do something and in the middle of the game they weren't going to probably make Edmund change positions, which they've done before, moving into the outfield or vice versa infield, outfield. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a long-term absence, first of all, for DeYoung, which you hope that it's not. Uh, Mike Schilt talked about it's a similar area to him getting hit by a pitch on a previous day, and so are any of those elements connected when he kind of felt it grab? He said felt it pull a little bit tonight, so uh, not exactly sure. It's his his side, and the, the severity or the extent of the potential injury is not yet known. But the Cardinals hoping to have more information about that on Thursday. If the Cardinals do end up without him for a little bit, Jose Rondon could be somebody that they bring up that could play some shortstop. You could see Tommy Edmond get some time there. Like, I think if you end up finding out, yep, he's going to be out for a month, I think at some point in time you have to look and say, well, is there an alignment that's going to make us better than Emundo Sosa or, or Rondon or whomever we might bring up? just taking the daily reps at shortstop. Tommy Edmond defensively can probably handle it. If you have somebody playing second base that you like, it kind of depends on the bat of Matt Carpenter though, doesn't it? And I don't know that many Cardinals fans are too desperate to find him with a, a reason to get into the daily lineup, but he has been able to to provide some big hits for the Cardinals of late. But when you're in a pinch hitting role, it's definitely difficult to be able to, to lock things down. I think Cardinals fans are probably comfortable with where Carpenter is this point in time. But hey, injuries are gonna happen. Paul DeYoung hasn't exactly been lighting it up offensively despite having those seven home runs so far this season. Everything else has been a little bit so-so for him as far as batting average OPS are concerned, but certainly you don't want to see a guy go down, especially Paul DeYoung. Uh the the stability he brings defensively to that left side of the infield and up the middle combined with Tommy Edmund. So definitely be checking the reports on Thursday morning as to whether or not the Cardinals have any more clarity on what it might look like for the immediate future for their shortstop, Paul DeYoung. Appreciate you guys once again for listening to this episode of B-Shape Daily. Appreciate you listening to the ad at the beginning of the show, talking about Anchor. Uh, if you're interested in doing a podcast, I do recommend Anchor. It's not just lip service. It's it's what I use, and they do a nice job. So if you ever thought about giving it a shot, it is free, so not half bad. But more than anything, I just appreciate you guys for listening been able to drop a couple dollars in my pocket i've been considering trying to see down the road if i'd like to not ever put b Shape daily behind a paywall or anything like that but down the road it's kind of impossible to say what i can do eventually though the, the plan for this is to be able to to make it part of what i do i definitely uh put in a lot of time with this on a weekly basis so um if if there ever is an opportunity i do believe that on anchor there's a way for listeners to support with a month a monthly donation or a contribution financially, that's not something I've really pushed out yet because uh, I want to make sure I'm delivering the the consistent content to you guys before I would even start asking about that. But it, it is something that's live on anchor there, and it, it's not anything that has to be done by anybody uh, because I, I I want people to be able to to show proof of concept that like hey, this is a, a podcast that people enjoy and that that I'm that I'm hoping to do for a very long time. And uh, you got to start somewhere and, and and maybe we can build it up over the months and years to follow. And I just appreciate you guys all for being along for the ride. Uh, talking Cardinals baseball. Sometimes you do have to talk about a loss. And that was the case tonight for the Cardinals. Can't win them all. They'll be back at it on Thursday afternoon. And it should be an excellent pitching matchup between Jack Flaherty, and Corbin Burns. So we'll be excited to discuss that one after it concludes on Thursday evening. Appreciate you all once again for tuning in to Be Shaved Daily. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave a review as well. If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a five-star review or whatever stars you think we deserve. Uh, we'll, We'll accept that with grace. So appreciate you guys once again, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Shaved Daily.